scary movie. Fear is defined as a feeling of agitation caused by the presence or imminence of danger. Why do you think people believe in ghosts? I'm Calvin, and you're Brittany, obviously. I have to get back to my desk. Every time I'm around her, I have this feeling in my stomach. There's just something about a guitar player I can't resist. I was just thinking about getting that game. Guitar Master? Okay, uh, never mind. Not another crazy attempt at winning the affections of that blonde troll. You always spend all this time and energy trying to impress a girl who's shallow and superficial. I love you when you're smiling or you're feeling blue. I swear I'll be at your side. You gotta know it's true. We'll play video games until it gets dark. Then share lunch on the swings in the park. I believe this belongs to you. Cause it's our time for being in love. Yes, it's And it's going to be absolutely, positively <laughs> mad. Everything is in place. We just need to decide who to invite and what characters they're going to go as. I don't think we should do anything for Alice's birthday. We didn't do anything for my birthday. Some guests will be invited. I want you to come to the party on Saturday. But I thought it was females only. Some guests will not. I would like you to leave right now. I'd like to see you make me leave. So don't be late. There's something strange about this place. You have a very important date. Off with their heads. With murder. Chase him round the moons of Nibia and round the Antares maelstrom and round perdition's flames before I give him up. Three, two, one. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to 
Inside Movies Galore. I'm your host, David Stregge, and here in the room with me, I have uh, uh, director Dennis, uh, uh, do you say it D uh, Divine or Devine? Divine. Okay, Divine. Uh, so why don't you go ahead, uh, tell me, uh, how did you get involved in the film business? What is your production company? Okay, so uh, my, yeah, my name is Dennis Devine, and um, I had my own company, DJD Productions, for a while, but uh, mostly I just work independently now, just as Dennis Devine. Okay. And, yeah. Okay, and uh, where are you from, sir? Well, I am from, born and raised in Detroit, Michigan. Okay. And I went to college, undergrad at Eastern Michigan University, and then I went to film school, grad school at Loyola Marymount, Los Angeles, and then just stayed here. Uh, trying to make films since then. Okay. And uh, what was your first film uh, that uh, that uh, that you uh, uh, that you ever did? Uh, how did you get involved? Uh, uh, how uh, uh, what what got you started? Well, um, the uh, when I graduated from Loyola it was the eighties. Okay. And in the, the late eighties, um, the. Uh, my writing partner at the time, Mike Bowler, my friend also from Loyola, uh, Steve Jarvis, and also a guy named Alan Goldstein. The four of us decided we were uh, writing other scripts, you know, for low-budget filmmakers. Okay. Um, we decided, hey, we could do this ourselves. <laughs> and um, so the four of us sort of pooled some money, and we made a film in 1988 called... Uh, Fatal Images, which was released in 1989. Okay. And uh, I could say that I wish we had, uh, well, I mean, age-wise, we really couldn't have started sooner. So, uh, you know, we were young, and, and that's what the, where the industry was. But that movie actually made money. <laughs> so it was shocking. You know, they released it. It was in video stores. It got around. It wasn't not a great movie, but... Uh, you know, so we thought, wow, hey, this is pretty easy. But then so starting in the early 90s, it became a little bit harder to get your films released and make money on them. Okay. So uh, when you were making uh, or when you were directing uh, Fatal Images uh, with your, your friends or whatnot, uh, did, yeah. did, uh, did you uh, happen to uh, um, film it in Detroit at the time? No, no, because uh, we, we graduated from Loyola Marymount, which is in Los Angeles. Okay. So we, we made it in Los Angeles. Okay. But primarily, it was filmed in Lancaster. It's a small town, about an hour and a half drive from Los Angeles. So. Okay. Uh, so um, how was um, uh, 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 your uh, experiences on that particular f uh, film? <laughs> well, um, we learned a lot the hard way, kind of, <laughs> Uh, you know the the um, film school is good for getting you the basics, but uh, making a movie is kind of a film school unto itself. So <laughs> that's what I've heard. So um, uh, now, uh, who did you go? Uh, uh, how did you go about and cast for the, uh, your uh, your roles uh, for uh, uh, that particular project? Well, um, for that project and many after, we there was a, a magazine. Um, that a local magazine and you could it was all about film related stuff it was called backstage west actually okay and uh you put a casting notice in it and you know you'd get 
which is a shocking. What we paid our actors, we you know, uh, not a lot, but we paid them something. Okay. So I mean, we get thousands of submissions. So. Okay. And uh, how did you go? Uh, uh, now, um, how was your relationship with your 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 cast and your crew? Well, um, the uh, I mean, the four of us pretty much made the movie, and we called in a few of our friends, you know, to do sound and whatnot, and um, so I would say it was a good relationship, because, you know, it's a bunch of guys who already, we all knew each other, and we got a guy in named Mark Case to do the special effects, and here's the, the tag, he, he ended up doing locations and assisting his special effects, and he said he knew Gabe Bartolos, who has since become a very famous special effects artist. Okay. So Gabe was working um, for Rick Baker at the time. Okay. And so this was his first time being sole special effects artist. But Gabe went on to do uh, the Leprechaun movies, uh, you know, Frankenhooker and, and uh, that. Okay. Case. So he, he blew up after. Uh, nice. Video, so. um, now, um, once you uh, now did uh, did you do the editing for uh, for that particular film or did, yes. did, okay? Uh, well, uh, Mike, Steve, and I all wrote it. Alan, okay. Alan was the director of photography. The uh, I edited it, and uh, and that was pretty much it, I guess. Yeah. Okay. Um, is there anything that you uh, uh, want to say about the project before we move on to your second well, project? Um, I mean, you know, as I say, it's not a great film, but. You said, uh, uh, said it, it eventually uh, the, the reception for uh, for the f uh, for film ultimately be, uh, blew up uh, for, uh, from there. Correct. Well, did, we made some money on that one, so uh, I would say again the film's not that great, and uh, but Gabe blew up the special effects artist. But uh, for us, it did parlay into we raised some money for the next film, which was shot on film, which much higher budget was called Dead Girls. Okay. And I kind of, that would, I would say of all my movies, that one probably has my biggest cult following. Okay. For Dead Girls. And that was released in 90, but it was made in 89. So it, it plays very uh, 80s-esque, you know. It's a good throwback to the 80s. Okay. Um, and uh, now, now that you opened up uh, the discussion board for Dead Girls, uh, why don't you tell me about that production? Uh, well, Dead, yeah, Dead Girls, say we, it was about a much bigger budget and shot on film. And uh, in fact, the guy who was the director of photography was a student at USC at the time. Okay. His name is Aaron Schneider. He, he blew up after. He's, he's 
directed Kiss the Girl, and he did a lot of big films, uh, Simon Birch. Anyway, um, he, he shot a lot of TVs. I think he actually won an Emmy and an Academy Award at some point in his career. Nice. But, yeah, and, um, you know, that film was all over the place. It had a theatrical release in Greece. It, had, uh, it was in Blockbuster. It was in video stores. And we didn't make money on that movie because the distribution company, it was Gibraltar, they, um, you know, always seemed to say, well, no, no, they had, our contract said they had to make back 10000 before we saw any money. <laughs> and then just kept saying, well, no, no, everything's going back. We thought about suing them, but then they, I think they filed chapter nine or bankruptcy at some point. So. Okay. So how did you go about and find your cast uh, uh, for, uh, for that particular film? We also, that one, again, paid actors. So uh, we had a ad backstage west. I'd say we had... Uh, you know, five, six, seven thousand submissions for that. Movie. Okay. And uh, are there any actresses or, or actors that stand out to you in either uh, Fatal Images or De De Dead Girls? Uh, well, um, uh, there was an actress named Angela Eats who was in Fatal Images. She had a smaller part. We really liked working with her. Okay. And we used her for. Um, Dead Girls as well. She was one of the leads then in Dead Girls. So uh, Angela was a very, very solid actress. Um, so that, she sort of stood out, I would say. Okay. Um, and uh, um, now, uh, where did you film Dead Girls? Uh, 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 was it in L.A. again? Well, we used uh, Mark Case again, and he did the locations for that. And, and he lived in Lancaster, so I would say... 90% of it was shot in Lancaster. Okay. Very cool. Uh, now, um, uh, the uh, special effects uh, uh, guy you uh, said uh, was the... Well, Mark did the special effects, and not me. Because Mark Case was a special effects artist, but uh, I think he became more experienced by that time. And so he did all the special effects. Okay. And how many projects did you work uh, 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 with, uh, on, uh, on, with him? Well, Mark then became a director on his own, so he, I think he stopped doing special effects, <laughs> so just those two. Okay, uh, uh, and uh, now, after Dead Girls, uh, yes. you, you went uh, on to do uh, uh, do things, which is how I actually first uh, uh, came to know of you, uh, you through, uh, through Sterling, so, um, yes. um, but uh, how did you go about, and... Uh, uh, get involved with that project. Well, um, uh, after Dead Girls, I had an agent. I was, you know, the thing about the agent, I had a, a director's agent, and I also had a, a one for writing. Okay. And, you know, you go to a lot of meetings, and, you uh, and you know, I think I'm going to be directing this five million, $5 million film. It doesn't happen. I think I'm going to be directing this $1 million film, but it doesn't happen. So, you know, sort of spinning my wheels for a year uh, with all these near misses. Uh -huh. And and so um, I was looking at an ad, again, a Backstage West, and I and I answered, I called this guy, and it was uh, Dave. Okay. And he said he wanted, I guess, I just want to make a movie for $1,000. I said, well, you can't make a movie for $1,000, but I said, if you want to talk, let's talk. So I said, you know, I met with him, and I said, hey, maybe you could... Uh, 
because he hadn't direct or he hadn't produced any movies at that point. And I said, look, if you if you can get a little more than a thousand, we could do a trilogy and we could do one of the episodes, and you know maybe we could do a real cheap wraparound, and then you just need to find someone else to do one more story. Okay. And uh, we got Mike Tristano involved, and he did special effects. And he's gone on to be a very noteworthy weapons artist, but you know, he handles weapons for movies. Mm-hmm. But uh, he was a very good special effects artist. And so, you know, we all sort of became producers. We, that movie probably had seven or eight producers on it. And um, <laughs> they, you know, kind of put it all together. And, um, and then... Uh, so, you know, I directed one of the episodes and then um, I kind of threw in the wraparound, just we shot it in a day. And, uh, okay. And then, um, now that, that was, uh, that must have been kind of cool to, uh, to uh, create an anthology uh, to, uh, to go off on because later on you, you continued the, uh, the, yeah, the, the, the franchise. Uh, anthologies, I'm sure, you know, you probably saw show <laughs> those things, you know, uh, uh, they're always kind of fun, anthologies. Okay. Uh, now, uh, uh, who did you go with, uh, actor, uh, or an actress-wise uh, uh, and things? Well, that, uh, it's kind of funny, uh, well, um, we had some auditions, that was, uh, tough, because I remember there were a lot of good choices, so, but I felt pretty good about an actress I used to find them. But it was, again, it was just a cast call. Okay. And, uh, I don't think I had any repeat actors. From, I don't think I had used anyone. From what? There were a couple of years between Dead Girls and uh, Things. So I think I got all new actors for Things. Okay. Uh, and uh, from what you know of, uh, did, uh, did the film have any uh, kind of release uh, around then? Or did it take a while oh, for yeah. the... Oh, uh, yeah. Well, it did. Uh, I think... Um, Jerry Pfeiffer's company ended up with it. Um, but, you know, uh, Dave just released that thing and re released it a lot. I mean, you'd have to talk to him about it, but uh, Dave Sterling has, I think he pretty much has the rights to things one now. Okay. And Steve Jarvis and I have the rights to things two, which Dave also produced. Okay. Uh, moving on to uh, uh, an- another project called uh, Amazon Warrior. Um, yes. How did you get involved with that project? Well, that's a funny story because uh, there's a an actor that I had worked with in a few films. His name was Ray Storty. Mm-hmm. He's he a big muscle guy, and he's a good actor. He had a lot of very high energy. And <laughs> he approached Steve and I. Steve Jarvis was my partner at that time. Okay. A, a business partner. And we he said he wanted to do some kind of gladiator Amazon thing. So Steve and I wrote a script and mostly Steve wrote it because I directed it. So, um, that was our deal. You know, Steve was going to write it and I directed it. And, um, so Ray would produce it and Ray would be one that played the villain in it. And, um, so he had a partner who did, uh, they did telemarketing to raise money. Okay. Which is I've never heard of that uh, before or after since it's the only time I've ever. I mean, it exists, but that's the only time I've heard of uh, that method of being used to raise money for a movie. They they raised some money, and then uh, I think a few things happened, and Ray just said, "Look, we need to do this," and 
it's going to be a lower budget than we had hoped. Okay. And you know, because we had we had these uh, fundraisers where they had they act they staged acting, you know, in that in combat. So it was a lot of fun actually, because I didn't have to, you know, I wasn't on the phone. <laughs> And in a way, uh, gladiators are like close to being like part of the wrestling, you know, yeah, era yeah. of the, uh, the uh, thing. So being part of that, uh, 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 that in the nineties uh, was uh, was probably cool for you. <laughs> it was fun. I liked it a lot. And, and, uh, the, so the I tried to shoot long takes and not get a lot of close-ups because the, the choreography was so good. It's like, hey, watch this. So, uh, you know, there are there aren't a lot of those instant rapid-fire cuts. So you well, you must really like getting behind the camera. Um, I do. You know, uh, first, uh, some of my earlier movies, uh, we had, from time to time, we'd have issues with a director photography. And so um, I thought, well, I have some experience shooting, so I... Uh, I thought, well, I better start shooting more just in case, you know, someone has to leave, there's a problem with the DP or something. So uh, on Amazon, we had a, one guy who worked a couple of days. Uh, he, there, it wasn't working out. So we got uh, Craig, who shot some other stuff for me. He shot things. Okay. And he did a great job finishing Amazon. I wish we had just gotten him from the start. But things like that happened that led me to start shooting. It wasn't, you know, because oh, I have to shoot myself. It's, it's more, it started as something that was practical. <laughs> well, and uh, it, it, it probably helped you get more involved with uh, some other film projects as well. So, yes. um, uh, but, uh, but uh, it, 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 in any case, uh, now how was the reception of uh, Amazon Warrior at the time? Or I did... think it did really well. I, you know, uh, I, uh, Steve and I did make some money on that movie. Uh, I come to think of it, I said uh, we did it. It's one of the rare films I, I did not get upfront pay, so we did get deferred pay. But okay. We, did, we were paid and pretty well, so uh, I don't know the whole releasing of it because Ray handled it. Okay. You know, so, but um, as I say, it was out there. It got out there. So. <laughs> Moving on to uh, a film that you directed called Haunted. Yes. Uh, why don't you tell me how you got involved with that film project? Well, uh, Haunted, uh, Steve and I, we were thinking of trying our own distribution company. And we thought there were three films that we were going to do. And one, Steve was Haunted, and uh, Steve would write it and I would direct it. And then I would write Chain of Souls, and Steve would direct it, and then we would co-make 
co-write and co-direct a film called Bloodstream. Okay. So we thought, we'll make these three films and then see how they do. You know, with, we had the Cinematrix releasing. Okay. And, you know, so we made VHS, we made 500, we make the films and then do 500 VHS copies and we sell them online or, and we sold them in, uh, on track magazine which puts them out in video stores so i mean uh, that this was in the mid 90s you could go into some video stores and find <laughs> you know 10, 10 movies that i worked on so it was kind of fun <laughs> but there was a lot of work it was so much work in uh you know doing all the shipping and stuff ourselves and uh it wasn't as lucrative as we had hoped so okay now um uh, how did you go out uh, uh, about and cast for that particular film? Um, or, think, or actually, you said the you, you did three projects. Uh, we did three three films, and uh, within a year year and a half or so, and uh, that kind of kicked off our decision to to distribute movies. And um, so, um, we cast them. You know, I think you'll find. Same thing, Backstage West, we just place an ad, and sometimes you'll you'll see repeat actors <laughs> who are in multiple projects. But. Okay. Um, now, um, was that film shot in 16mm? No, uh, that was, Amazon was our last film shot on film. Okay. But this time, video um, you know, was cheaper, a lot cheaper. And also, the quality of the video is starting to get better. So, okay. Um, and uh, now, uh, did you work with any special effects people on this particular project? On uh, Haunted? Correct. No, uh, Steve and I basically did our own effects because it was okay. mostly ghost things. I could do. You know, moderate effects, not anything crazy, but uh, so I did a little bit of effects for that. We did get somebody for Shane um, of Souls who was good. He he had, he was quite successful. Steve got him and and worked with him. So, okay. Because he was the director of the film, so I can't. I'm sorry, <laughs> I can't remember his name. But, that's a that's okay. Um, yeah. uh, going on to uh, now. Uh, now do you know how uh, how the films uh, that you put uh, together, like Haunted Blood, uh, Bloodstream and uh, Chain of Sol uh, Souls, uh, yeah. how was their reception? Um, well, um, you know, it's mixed. Whenever you do a, a low-budget film like this, I would say you always have the haters. <laughs> and and who, who knows, you know, if they're just frustrated filmmakers who want their own chance. But... A lot of times I'll see it's it's got to be the same group of people because they write the exact same thing, whether it's my movie or you know whoever's Kevin Lindemann's movie or or Mark Polonius, whoever they'll, they'll write the same exact thing. Like if I could only have these thirty five minutes back in my life, you know, it's like uh, what would you do? Then you go, you know, not probably nothing very good good with those 35 minutes, but I never respond to them. Uh, well, and to, uh, to, uh, to me, be, uh, being a reviewer myself, to, uh, to me, any any review, whether good or bad, is good publicity. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, and I think that, um, I mean, some 
sometimes people like them. I think it's more of if someone can appreciate the budget they were made on. You know, it's, if you compare Amazon Warrior to Gladiator, the movie, it's going to always look bad compared to Gladiator, right? Very but true. Because, I mean, I'm sure they spent on one day food. <laughs> this is the entire budget for Amazon Warrior at one day of gladiator catering would equal the whole budget of Amazon Warrior. So, I mean, obviously, there's a lot more you can do with more days and more money and, you know, more equipment. And so, um, but I think if you take into account the budget, the amount of days that were, we had to shoot, those kind of things and the know, times i mean you, you gotta figure yeah. that in too because because right. uh, at, at that point in time uh, you know vid video wasn't quite you know quite what it is now yes that's right and yes. uh, you got to factor that into uh, to the whole right. thing in order to make the best movie you you got to build your way up <laughs> Right, and also, if you want to, I feel like the actors take an unfair hit on these low-budget movies. I've made uh, movies from four-day shoots to, you know, 21-day shoots, but on a four-day shoot or six-day shoot or seven-day shoot, which is, tends to be more common these days, it's not like you can do a multiple takes and work out a scene. You, you know, you have to shoot many, many scenes each day, and, you know... <laughs> If someone gets can get the line close in two takes, you have to move on. You know, so the acting performance is going to seem much better if you only do one or two scenes a day. But that's not possible on these budgets. <laughs> Definitely. But I think the actors, based on you know how much time they're given, do most of them do a really good job. Definitely. So after Haunted, uh, you, you got into. Uh, uh, things too. Um, yes. Uh, now, uh, did you have a, a little bit be uh, a bigger budget on that particular f uh, film, uh, or? I would say things one and two had probably roughly the same budget. Maybe. Okay. Yeah. And, and the uh, casting for that was kind of funny because um, the three of us were still working together: uh, me, Steve Jarvis, and Mike Bowler, and uh, Mike wrote the wraparound and directed it and Steve and I wrote our own episode and directed it. So we had a big casting call and then we just read people for various roles and then the three of us would sort of negotiate who to use for <laughs> our project. So. Interesting way of doing it. Yeah. So um, ultimately um, uh, how long was the shoot for? Or for uh, things too? Yeah. Um, well, I think my episode was three or four days. So it was kind of a longer shoot as far as those things go. Okay. Steve's shoot was uh, two or three days, and Mike's was uh, two days. Okay. So, so of course, like, but they were spread out. And I worked, I shot Mike's episode as the DP, and then uh, I shot some of Steve's, some, I think one of the days I shot for Steve. And then uh, Craig shot my episode. Craig okay. Now, did you do your own special effects, or did you have Mike's help? We had a guy who was, uh, he was pretty good. 
and I, his name slips my mind also. It was, it was Willie, I think, was his name, but I can't remember his last name. Okay. Because uh, he did, he made the puppets and monsters. You know, Mike Gersano did the first one, which was through the roof effects. And this guy was, he was young. He was early 20s. And I think this was his first gig, but he did a pretty nice job with the monsters, I think. Okay. Uh, so, um, ultimately, um, how, how do you feel the film's reception was? Uh, was? No, that went to a video release of some sort? Yeah, I think um, I think that they're pretty well-received things, one and two, in general. You know, um, with my episode, Jay Wolfel did the other episode in Things 1, so Jay and I pretty much directed those two episodes, and at least for my, I think Jay's episode was pretty straightforward. For mine, I, I don't want to say I was writing with cult in mind, but I, like, I tried to make mine as quirky and offbeat as possible. <laughs> my story, and I think it is. And some people think it's like it's too weird. <laughs> things too, I, I kind of did the same, but I wish I had done more. I felt like things too was a little too straightforward okay. for that kind of thing. But okay. Uh, now moving on to a, f a, a film called Vampires of Sorority Row. Yes, that was the movie I shot in four days. And I'll tell you how that movie came to pass. The I, I for about twelve years I taught uh, production classes at a place called Learning Tree University, okay. kind of like adult annex classes. And, uh, you know, I'd get somewhere between four and 20 students uh, each class. And so here I had a classroom and I had students who could work for free and some of them would act. And so, you know, we would shoot certain scenes and I thought, well, you know, I should be converting this to a movie. So it started, that idea started with uh, Vampires of Sorority Row. Okay. But it went to new heights on uh, Merchants of Death because Merchants of Death was about 100% shot with the class. Okay. Now, uh, for most uh, most pe uh, people, Merchants of Death is not the trauma film, correct? <laughs> no, it is not. <laughs> so, uh, um, why don't uh, well uh, uh, first uh, uh, we'll continue on uh, uh, vampires and sorority row and then, uh, then I'll ask you about merchants of death. So uh, what uh, um, how did you go about uh, casting for the roles of vampires? Well, some some of them were students in the class. Okay. You know, just just and then um, some were people I knew. I think I did run a little ad just to. To get the rest of the cast, but Christine Leiden uh, was in it, and she was an Amazon Warrior. So I just called today. Can you shoot a couple days on a movie? Well, you know, it's fun. It's, it's a movie. Okay. And, uh, so she, it's it's a comedy. Oh yeah, definitely. It's a, so goofy. <laughs> and, um, I I came up with this idea. I'm I'm sure it's not a totally original idea, but I hadn't seen like it. But um, I started to think. Now, I want a POV of the vampire's mouth. So I made some things and put them over the, the lens. Okay. So it looked like the mouth with things are coming at someone. And I thought, well, how, how 
live stream, can I do this? Like, <laughs> if someone's coming, going to hit somebody with a stick, can I make it seem like there's a stick POV? So I uh, I haven't watched that movie, to be honest with you, but I, I probably had at least five or six odd POVs like that. <laughs> and then when I did Vampire's Authority 2, it had uh, more of those. Because I, I had one... I'm, made it with a friend of mine. The two of us entirely made this. We were the whole crew for that movie. Episode Part 2. And I just said, look, go crazy with this. Make as many weird POVs as you want. So he, <laughs> he went nuts with it. So. Awesome. Uh, uh, so um, ultimately, uh, did uh, Vampires of Sorority Row um, get a, uh, a release of some sort? It got released on uh, online Plus, uh, Cinematrix, when we still we still had that company going, our own releasing company, so it did get in video stores and whatnot. So it did have a release. Okay. Uh, uh, just release. Yeah. Okay. Um, and uh, now, uh, how long was the shoot? That was the four days. Okay. Cool. Uh, moving on to Merchants of Death. Uh, which you just me uh, mentioned. What, uh, um, why don't you tell me how you got involved with that film? Well, well that was uh, that was the one. Vampires of Sorority Row kind of made me think. Oh, I could I could use some of these locations, and I can uh, I could use my students. So uh, so Merchants of Death. We I'd say all right, let's meet at this location class, and we'll shoot. You know for the length of the class, you can watch a shoot or participate, you can boom, you can see lighting, you can put your hands on it. So we did uh, we did that, and then we ended up with two entire stories. Okay. And then uh, the third one, I had a friend, Jason Stevens, who was a former student of mine. He had taken a lighting class for me, and he had made a short that was a horror film. And I said, well, that kind of ties into... <laughs> My story, so that it was again an anthology, and so his was the third story that okay short that he had already made. So, so Merchants of Death is an, an anthology. Yes. Okay. Cool. Um, uh, now, ultimately, what uh, what kind of camera did you use for that uh, that shoot? Well, um, we shot it on Beta Beta SP. Okay. Filmer without format. I don't know how old you are, but Beta SP, the three quarter inch was the first format, and Beta uh, Images was shot three quarter inch. That's okay. a terrible. That's like an, almost a camcorder, basically. <laughs> and, then, uh, and then Beta SP was higher quality. But the problem with um, Beta SP, you still were doing linear editing at the time. Okay. So you'd make a cut, you know, tape to tape. So it's already gone down one generation. And mm -hmm. then if you made a perfect cut, then uh, on the first try, then you would only be down one generation to master. But who does that, right? <laughs> and then, so then you take that master and you put it in your play deck and you, you make your cuts. So you end up with two generations down master. And then someone says, well, hey, uh, I want to buy that you're not going to give them your original master, so you make a copy. So it ends up being three generations down. Well, yeah, because there, there was probably some money in stock footage uh, back then, too. You know, stuff yeah. that you didn't use. So, 
But uh, um, ultimately, after the, uh, that, uh, like you said, uh, uh, said you did a sequel. Now, uh, now David Sterling, he was a produce. Was he a producer on the sequel as well as the first? No, no, he had nothing to do with Merchants of Death or Vampires of Sorority Row. Okay. Okay, uh, I was just uh, wondering because uh, he—I uh, know that he distributed the, uh, uh, the, them uh, uh, with, with copies or what, whatnot, uh, like several months back. Or oh, I think he might have bought the rights to uh, some of Cinematrix. Okay. Yeah. Okay. He did. He did. He bought Merchants of Death and uh, Vampires. I mean, in the last couple of years, he did. Yeah. Okay. Uh, just curious, because uh, sometimes he... <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, he wasn't working on those films, though. Okay. Uh, so, uh, ultimately, you did do, uh, do Vampires uh, of Sor uh, Sorority uh, Row and uh, uh, 2. Uh, and uh, how was the reception for both well, of those? I'll tell you what. Uh, that had such a limited release, because uh, Cinematrix was pretty much done by then. Okay. So, it, the... A guy contacted me from Bakersfield. This is the most unusual one. Sometimes, if anyone's listening and they're aspiring filmmakers, you just never know how a film's going to get made. And this was a very bizarre way. A guy from Bakersfield contacted me and said, Hey, I have a, um, I have locations in Bakersfield you can use for free. Mm -hmm. I'm a talent agent. And so I have singers and actors uh, galore in Bakersfield, who I represent. Okay. So if you wanted to make a movie, you could come to Bakersfield, uh, have free locations, free actors, and, you know, what else do you need? So uh, I asked my friend, who he had a pretty nice job, but he, he just uh, got a nice severance. And so he had some time. He was available. Okay. And I said, hey, John. Want to go make this movie with me? And, uh, <laughs> you and I will be the crew. Like you have to move, you have to help the crew and whatever. And so we went to Bakersfield. We cast it from his group of actors, and we made this movie. And um, I'm gonna say it's it's super weird. It's so <laughs> weird. But, uh, I, I at the time I had watched this uh, that movie Go. Are you familiar with that? The um, and it, it's not it's non-linear so yeah you see the first it's in three parts the first part is the story from one act from one actor the character's perspective okay and another and another so i thought well if i'm gonna do this movie i want to try something crazy so i did that i wrote the entire script and then i divide i put it into three new sections okay so that it's non-linear okay so I had fun with it. I enjoyed it. And and now that guy released it on his site. And, you know, because it was so cheap. I mean, we probably made it for $1,000 or something, right? <laughs> and so, I mean, I think I made $4,000 on just me, my half. So uh, it made, it was one of the few movies. I, I mean, Dead Girls was an expensive, much better movie. And I made zero on that. And this movie I made, know cheaply <laughs> a lot a lot more percentage wise well it's interesting to, uh, to hear what makes money and what doesn't you know i mean it's uh it's kind of fu uh, funny that way but uh, but moving on to uh, now you d uh, now you d 
uh, you mentioned Bloodstream earlier, but I don't think we got too much into that uh, 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 that one per se. Uh, how did you get involved with? Uh, uh, well, you got involved with that with the uh, with doing the three uh, three. We did the three, and uh, I'll tell you a funny thing about Bloodstream. That, that's the one I can remember the best guy because uh, it was the guy Steve got involved, but um, he was pretty good. I mean, he did some things like the little creatures and whatnot, but um, I had a, a good friend who was a doctor, and he would do some experiments on cadavers, and, you know, it's just parts, not a face or anything, and you don't know who the cadaver is, so he said, if you want to film some stuff with me working on a cadaver, you know, operating doing this, you can use it for a movie, <laughs> and, you know, he just put a mask on, so, and then uh, I had this friend of mine, this lady, I said, hey, would you mind being kind of tied up next to these uh, body parts? And she goes, oh, I'd love it. <laughs> so, so we had all this real, 100% real effects in the movie. And uh, one guy did re review it. He goes, the, the effects look very unrealistic. I go, wow, they couldn't be more realistic because um, they were real. Now... And, uh, did that uh, particular film get distributed uh, uh, um, elsewhere? That had very, very limited. I think it did. I don't remember if it was part of Cinematrix or if it ended up. I think it did. I can't. I can't recall. Okay. I know that Bloodstream of those three. <laughs> had the, had the, of the three that I mentioned that we did together, Haunted, Bloodstream, and Chain of Souls. I think Bloodstream had the most limited release of, of those three. Okay. Um, and uh, moving on to Curse of Pirate Death. Uh, <laughs> that's my worst movie ever. <laughs> and yet it got, uh, it got onto brain damaged films and it, yeah. it, 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 along with a bunch of uh, others. <laughs> so well, they, they had, uh, I hadn't worked with Dave in a long time uh, and he contacted me and um, he uh, he said, oh, yeah, we haven't worked together. It was probably like five or six years he said, you want to direct this film or pirate A lot of times I choose a movie, I'll get an offer and I'll think, well, I have never made a pirate Sure, okay. Um, you know, sometimes that's how I decide whether I want to make it. I haven't made a zombie movie. Okay, I'll do that one. So um, I thought it sounded good, but then when I started working with them, it had a lot of things attached to it that weren't um, that weren't that good. And this, and I was not a fan of the script, ultimately. I tried to fix it a little bit. I asked Steve to try to fix it. I think we both made it worse. So, uh, <laughs> I, I just, yeah, I think brain damage was involved from the beginning. So, um, anyway, I'm not a fan of that film, but maybe somebody else likes it. If, if I mean, maybe it's uh, campy. Well, I would, I would have to say, uh, uh, say that it's campy. I saw, I saw it once. I know that I, I got it on one of those fifty packs uh, through Pendulum, which Mill Creek uh, put, uh, put out and whatnot. So. Uh, I think if you accept it as camp and uh, and enjoy it, the comedy of it, <laughs> then you'll enjoy it. Now, what kind of camera did you use during uh, during that? Uh, well, um, we had this uh, this new camera that I was trying out on that film. So, unfortunately, uh, some of it was experimental shooting. But, okay. Um, it was a DVC Pro 
camera. Okay. So, um, you know, theoretically, that would have been the first movie that didn't have generation loss from cutting that I worked on. Okay. Cool. Um, uh, now, uh, see, uh, when I think of Curse of Pirate Dead, I, I think, uh, 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 well, first, David Sterling produced it. Second, Cool Duder was in it. And. Wow. <laughs> Wait, Sean wasn't in that. I thought he was. Curse of Pirate Dead, was he? I don't remember him being in that. But uh, maybe. I thought he was. Well, maybe he wasn't. Uh, uh, maybe I'm thinking of some, uh, something different, but Ron Jeremy was. I was Ron working Jeremy with him. Definitely in it. Well, think, think about Ron, should I say this or not say this? He's, he's, uh, he didn't show up one day to mm. shoot. So there's, I mean, that film, that was typical for that film. And, you know, on a short budget, it's not like you go, oh, we'll reschedule this day. You have to shoot something. So we had, you know, on the spot people making up lines to cover Ron's absence. So, um, you know, that's usually not a great, ideal situation. No, and uh, with a project that you probably weren't happy with at the t uh, time, it probably showed a little bit with the cast, which which makes the cast act a little differently, anyways. You know, so. But in any case, moving on to <laughs> a further project. Um, how how did you get involved with uh, your next project here called Blood Mask, the uh, uh, possession of Nicole Lamoureux? Dave asked me to make that movie, um, and he sent me the script, and it, it was, it's basically a Black Sunday type of, you know, the the uh, Mario Baba film. Okay. And so, you know, oh, yeah, I like Black Sunday, I'll do a film like that, and the script was pretty good, again, off the charts weird, which I like, <laughs> in a good way, though, I thought. I think Black, uh, I mean, the, the part movie was off the charts weird but not in a way i normally like but this one was it was like bizarre and a little bit kinky and that, uh, this seems interesting okay so uh, it appealed to me i think it's a pretty fun movie to watch that one okay um and uh how did you uh, go about and, and uh pool for your cast um you know i can't remember how we cast that movie it was just an ad Again, most of the time it's you just run an ad. Okay. Casting notice. In LA, there's uh, many, many, many actors available. So. Yeah. Okay, and uh, where where was your location uh, uh, for this particular film? Um, are you familiar with Randall Malone? Uh, I've heard of him. He's a uh, he, he used to have a he was in a part in an MTV show. Um, okay. Electra. And uh, he had this amazing house with all these sort of gothic antiques. And so Dave said, uh, Randall's going to be involved in the movie so we can shoot at his house. So the interiors were at his place. And then he had this back room that could be, uh, the sets could be moved around. It's for shooting. It's a mini studio. So Okay. And he ended up showing in. Ton of uh, Sterling's uh, yes, uh, films. Yeah. 
To me, he kind of reminds me of like, uh, uh, what, 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 what is that? Uh, that character from old, old Dark House, uh, uh, Dom De Louise. He kind of reminds me of oh. Dom De Louise just a little oh. bit. <laughs> but in in any ca a, a, a case, now, um, how was the film's release? Or uh, how did it? That I don't know, because uh, I know it was on Netflix for a while. Uh, I don't remember if that was brain damage. They, they produced it. I can't remember if it was brain damage or uh, or the Touch on Tomcat films. Uh, it was one of those two, I think. Okay. Uh, well, I know that uh, that I uh, I picked up a, co uh, a copy. I haven't watched it yet, but uh, 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 I know I picked up uh, 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 but um, in any I case, moving on to caregiver, really that you've yeah. done? That I've done. It's my personal favorite. Okay, um, yeah. how did you get involved with that particular project? Well, um, that's another see another funny story is. Um, I had a friend who wrote a, a screenplay and she gave it to me and I said, um, wow, this is really good, but it's not, it won't work as a, a suspense horror film and it's not, uh, it's not really a drama. I said, uh, what are you going to do with it? And she said, nothing. I'm just not going to do anything with it. Okay. So uh, I said, well, can I rewrite it and make it more of a horror thriller type of story? She said, sure. And so I did, and uh, I don't remember if you remember Project Greenlight, that uh, series with uh, Matt Damon and uh, Ben Affleck. They, okay, that one, yeah. It's a reality show, and they would talk about filmmaking. Well, they, they were going to do a horror film, and they, um, if you submit it, uh, they were going to pick the top ten. And um, so I submitted Caregiver, and it made it to the top 25. Nice. But not the top ten. So, uh, so, I, so I thought, well, there's, you know, people like this screenplay. So, um, and then I had a friend who owned a, a big, big house, and he said, I'm going away for a uh, for a couple of weeks, and uh, if you occasionally checked in on my house and whatnot, would you you could shoot there? Okay. And I said, okay, because <laughs> you know, so it's set in a juvenile home. Do I don't even know for women. Okay. So, so I used, you know, I put, I made some big bars. If there's ever a film I made by myself, that was it. I mean, uh, it was a very much a co-op because sometimes the actors would hold the boom, or I usually tried to get one crew person when I shot, so I didn't shoot myself and always ask one of the actors to hold the boom. But, um, so anyway, I made that in about, uh, 10 days at my friend's house, but about nine days at the friend's house, maybe one day somewhere else. And some of the cast members have gone in, uh, gone on to do some pretty nice work after that. So it was a young, energetic acting uh, troupe. And uh, okay. I was pretty pleased with the acting in that movie. So. 
Well, and you had a lot of freedom with uh, with, with that, uh, that being the uh, being being the person in charge of everything. Yes. <laughs> the art direction. There's a scene in the with rats. I had my uh, my oldest daughter. I think was in high school. Just got her license. I said, "Hey, would you go get a rat from the store, and then uh, I'll use it for one scene. Then you can just return it." So. <laughs> It was that kind of thing. And then my, my friend Jason Stevens had a, a warehouse he let me shoot at. And, uh, you know, so I can shoot a, a day's worth of kills and whatnot there. And, nice. Uh, I, I did my yeah, I did the effects myself. I pretty much did everything, you know, with the help of the actors, of course. But, uh, okay. And, and uh, how was the film's reception? Uh, well, you know, um, I... Before I even had released it, I um, submitted it to the Phoenix Fear Festival. I think it was their first or second year in operation. Okay, so and, was this your they, first uh, time submitting to a festival? Yes. I, yeah. But no, uh, that's not true. We, uh, uh, Things 2 played at the Shriek Fest, you know, which is in LA. Okay. Hollywood. And it won something like that special effects or something. Woody, Woody, I can't remember, can't remember Woody's last name. He did the effects on things too. But um, anyway, uh, and also uh, Chain of Souls played at the Houston Film Festival and it won some award, like Best Horror Film or something like Woody Yaris. Yaris, yes, that's it. <laughs> Woody Yaris, like it, I can't remember his last name. Anyway, I don't know what, what he's gone on to do, but. Anyway, so Chain of Souls played at the Phoenix Fear Festival and won Best Picture, and the Best Picture was released by Brain Damage. Then, so okay. Brain, Brain Damage released it. Cool. Uh, now, moving on to uh, Demon Kiss. Yes. Uh, how did you get involved with that uh, pro uh, project? Well, um, my uh, friend Sally Mullins and I... Uh, Again, as a student, uh, I mean, as a teacher, I, I was still teaching at that time. And uh, one of the students had this cabin, and they said, if you want, we can hold the class at the cabin, and you, know, you can shoot there. And it looks really creepy. And so we shot a couple scenes there. Um, then somebody else had another location, and I was like, wow, this is... Uh, getting to be where we're having some scenes you know maybe we should write a story okay. around it. and so we kind of started writing uh, uh sally and i wrote that story and then um we uh kind of improv yeah but then we got um so yeah some of it's improv but then then the script you know we made a script so that it tried to make some sense out of it and um, <laughs> I've always I always wanted to do a a possession exorcist type of movie because that was it used to be my favorite movie The Exorcist so um, you know there's a possession in it in a, a say I mean a exorcism in the movie so okay and uh, did you use your special effects techniques no or? no we hired a guy can you look him up I shoot I can't remember his name either he was a little pricey but. Uh, we did a, a lot of crazy effects in that movie. Okay. 
Uh, and uh, was there a particular favorite scene uh, that, that, that you remember from it? Oh, yeah. The, my favorite scene is the doesn't exactly t uh, uh, t uh, tell me uh, uh, who uh, did the special effects on that, so. Uh, okay, well, I made a lot of movies. So <laughs> never heard but Definitely. So, it's the only time I worked with him, and I only think I worked with him a couple of days. So. Okay. Um, now, did that movie uh, um, have uh, any kind of the VHS release? Or? Yeah, you know, um, that movie had a pretty good release. We, um, we uh, had Tomcat Films, the Ted Chalmers. Okay. He, he um, wrapped it, the movie, and it sold pretty well for it. I think we made our money back on that movie, so uh, we didn't make anything but, uh, you know, profit, but we made the money back, so. Okay. So, I feel uh, like it's still out there, but it shouldn't be. I mean, we should have the rights back by now, but uh, I know Sally, my partner, wrote co-wrote and co-directed it. She tried to track down where it ended up, but whoever had it just didn't care. Okay. And I guess at this point, it's not worth trying to fight over it. Totally understand. So, uh, um, I think it's on Amazon Prime, though. Are there any actors and actresses that uh, that you remember from that, uh, from Demon Kiss? From Demon Kiss? Well, um, Sally's in it, and, um, she normally plays the more comedic part, but she had to play the straight part because, uh, you know, we had we shot in such an unusual manner. But um, and Elizabeth was good as the lead. Uh, there were a couple. Of, I mean, uh, yeah, I guess I don't really. Oh, Callie Hawk had a little part in that also. Callie was in um, was. Her first film was, uh, I think she was 18 when she did uh, Caregiver. Okay. And then she's also in Demon Kiss. And then she went on to do a Couples Retreat. You know, she, she's done big films now. She's on the box for Couples Retreat. And she, she works with Judd Apatow a lot. And, uh, she uh, actually blew up quite a bit as an actress. So. Okay. Uh, she's, cool. She's in Demon Kiss, yeah. Cool. Um, moving on to uh, Don't Look in the Cellar. Uh, that's going back to Dave. <laughs> I think I've made half of my movies that I directed have been for Dave. And I don't know who's the who's directed more films for Dave. It might be me. It could be Jeff Leroy. I don't, I'm not sure. But anyway, um, so uh, he called me with this idea and it sounded pretty good and i wrote the script yeah so uh i think it came out pretty good in fact i've heard dave say don't look in the cellars his favorite of the movies i've done for him well and there you worked with Dre uh, jed rowan which uh yeah um he's he's a pretty decent uh, actor he's uh, oh, it's great yeah um but um uh, Tara Shane, Anya Venton. 
how are, how was working with them uh, them two? Anya Bestin was uh, she's great. She um, she did a lot of uh, what's that asylum pictures after she did a couple of pictures for me. Okay. Yeah. She's amazing. She's very attractive Russian. She's also I think she worked in three movies for me, and one of them um, Get the Girl. Okay. She, she had a she played the sexy girl and <laughs> because that was a, um, it was this a sag ultra low no it was a sag moderate sag sag modified budget uh we, we couldn't i don't remember some loophole we couldn't hire a new actress and the movie came out a little short and the, the producer wanted it a little bit longer okay so i shot an extra day but we couldn't cast anyone new. But I wanted, I wanted someone a different character. So Anya completely dresses up and does this Russian accent and uh, plays a different character. That no one knows. But I mean, I always, I, I've seen people watch the screening or watch the movie, and no one knows it's the same actress. That's how good of a job she did. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Uh, so. Ultimately, even though I know you worked with Dave on that that particular one, you again worked with Randall Malone on that that one. How was working with him on this particular cast? Well, you know, I I really experimented as the writer, thinking I'm going to give Randall this part, and it's either going to be amazing or it's going to be not good. I had him play this child; he's set in an asylum. And he plays this childlike character. And <laughs> some people have said that's the best they thought Randall's done as an actor, but uh, I think he certainly did a good job in it. And um, you know, he definitely met the challenge and went for it. Sometimes actors just have to say, "All right, I'm going all out on this one." So. Okay. Now, uh, where did you uh, uh, happen to film? Uh, Don't look in the show. We shot it. Okay. Entirely at this place. Okay. Um, and uh, how is the film's reception? Well, I, I think it's fairly well received, as far as I can tell. Okay. Um, is it still with uh, Tomcat Films, then? Or Yeah, that's right. That was Ted Tomcat Films. Has it. Uh, it was also on Netflix for a while. I don't know where you can see it now. Netflix, has, most of the films I worked on are off. They've made their run already, and they're off it. Amazon Prime... I think has about twelve or fourteen movies they worked on. Okay. Available. Uh, now, uh, now you mentioned get the Gir uh, girl. Why don't you tell us yes. a little bit about that project? Uh, well, get the girl. Uh, the um, I think Ted, the, the producer, I mean the um, you know the executive producer from Tomcat, had a three picture deal with Dave, and the, to lead have the same guy in the lead. So. Um, he was the lead, Adam was the lead, and got the girl, and then I could cast it around him. So uh, Daniel DeLuca was one of the best actresses I had worked with, and I and I know this was SAG ultra low, so it paid pretty well. In fact, it paid more than, I think it's the highest paying gig for, you know, unless somebody was a star the, uh, of the movies I worked on. I think it pays like 268 a day or something. And so uh, I tried. I tried to get as many of my friends who are good, good actors in it. And Robert Ryan's a good friend of mine. He's an actor and a writer, and he wrote the screenplay. 
Okay. And, you know, I, I sat down with him and said, we need to accept this happening. And so he did it. And um, so, uh, and then he's in it. And then... Uh, Lou Richards. Lou Richards, who's a very... I mean, you see that guy. He's been in some stuff. I mean, he's a legit actor. He auditioned. And uh, it's a good cast. And that one had about 10,000 submissions for actors, at least. Nice. 10,000 for about four or five roles. So, uh, yeah. Nice. And, uh, um, it's a fun movie, I think. So. Okay. Uh, moving on to... Uh, um, now, where did you film that, uh, per se? Did the girl... Um, just local in L.A., you know, there's an office building. And one one day we shot at an office building, and one day we shot a couple of days at somebody's house. And that, that sort of thing. Okay. Uh, moving on to Vamps in the City. Uh, ah, I forgot about that movie. <laughs> uh, speaking of Carmen Electra, that movie was supposed to have Carmen Electra in it. Really? But somehow it got messed up. So, um, you know... Uh, it's an alright film. That was the Cleopatra, which they've done a lot of big films since then. I wish they could have done other bigger films, but um, that film, I would say it's okay, but that's not my area of strength. You know, the Sex and the City with vampires. Okay. So. Um, well, um, uh, how was working with uh, Jade Brandis, Heather Howe, Danielle Motley? Oh, they, they're a good group. I mean, they, they were all in it. They got it. You know, they they were familiar with Sex and the City, and they brought what they needed to the parts. So. Okay. Um, now, uh, where exactly did you film that particular film? Again, uh, locally. There was a house that we used to shoot in Sunland. I think most of it was shot in that house. Okay. And we, we also, this location called the Bomb Shelter, it's a it's a um, rehearsal studio in okay. Orange County, and there's they have this big giant room which Dave often rents to, uh, and has art director converted to a bar or whatever. So um, I think Greg uh, was the art director in that movie, and he dressed that up so it was like a bar. No, this was another Sterling production, correct? That was a Sterling production, correct. Okay. Uh, now, uh, how was the film's reception, or uh, did it have much of a one? Well, it's on um, iTunes. It was. I don't know if it still is, but, uh, I, you know, I just don't know how it was received. Okay. That's cool. Uh, moving on to uh, uh, Kid Racer. Kid Racer with Priscilla Barnes. <laughs> you know, uh, it's funny. That's uh, Dave said. Can you do a go kart movie with kids? And I, uh, my daughter at the time uh, was in the uh, Speed Racer. And she and I co-wrote it because I thought, well, I'll get the mind of a you know someone who's younger. To and that, and that's a cool daughter, uh, uh, daughter, uh, father, yeah, thing to do between the director. A lot of fun working on that, and then, um, but we wrote it with the, the season owner was supposed to be a man, and uh, um, Danny Trejo is the, the executive producers wanted Danny Trejo, which would have been great. I don't, I don't know, but then uh, 
what happened with Dave got Priscilla Barnes, you know, from Three's Company and uh, Jane the Virgin. Okay. And, and she, uh, she, so we had to change it to a female, the part. The, okay. And uh, uh, how long was the shoot? <laughs> it was like five or six days. I mean, it was tough working with the kids. They did a good job, but, you know, just... Um, Trying to find the right direction for them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I had worked with some kids before, but uh, uh, stuff that's not credited on IMDb, but I've worked in production with kids. But the um, it's more or less just kind of getting their trust, getting them together, getting them interested long enough. And, uh, and it sounds like it was more geared for a family film. It's a family, yeah. Now, that that's where... To me, the production values on that are, are not good at all. I mean, uh, the focus was on trying to get the kids to stay alert and into the scene and not so much, you know, hey, this is great lighting here. And a lot of times, like, for example, we had a couple hours to shoot in uh, the go-kart place. And, and um, we didn't have, uh, they didn't shut it down for us, so... You know, then the executive producers were there that day, and they're like, "Oh, is the sound going to be okay?" And then, I'm like, "Well, you know, we can't just keep redoing sound takes. We only have two hours here, and you know, uh, we're going to have to get what we had to get in two hours." So that was a little stressful. That maybe now, would you ever return to the family uh, family? Film. I, if someone said, would you make a family film in six days, I'd say no. <laughs> and, uh, you know, if, if you're going to shoot at a go-kart uh, business, then they have to be shut down for the shoot. Not, you know, because obviously you're going to have all kinds of background noise that you can't record sound in. <laughs> Definitely. So after that production, you went on to do uh, Sawblade? Sawblade, oh yeah, that's the hardest, good luck finding that film. <laughs> it's a nice, we had eight days to shoot that. That also had an interesting, um, it has Reggie Bannister in it, you know who he is? Yes, so, I do. He's, uh, yeah. in fact, uh, I'm friends with him only because I... I, uh, I I did interview the the guy beh uh, behind that uh, that uh, one science fiction musical that came out in 2012, and he was part of that. And um, uh, I I hope to actually interview him someday. <laughs> so uh, Reggie, yeah, he's in Phantasm. Yeah, are you talking about the the musical? Which one are you talking about? Oh, uh, let's see. Uh, it would be it'd be Johnny Gruesome. Oh, that's not the no, not Johnny Gruesome, not Johnny Gruesome. Uh, I know it's uh, Ghastly, uh, Ghastly Adventures of Johnny. Uh, I, I, the the title escapes me right now, but. Um, <laughs> The, well, um, go ahead. Yeah, so Sobley, the uh, one interesting note is that we had casted with uh, sort of older actors who, um, not old, but, you know, 30s. And um, they, if we shot for uh, three or four days, and then there was something wrong with the camera, 
that no one detected. So we had to reshoot the entire film. Okay. And some of the cast couldn't do the reshoot. This is the only time I ever worked on a movie where I had to actually reshoot something. Okay. And, and um, so we ended up with the recasting it, and they were all early 20s or late teens even. So the, the dynamic of the movie changed from... Uh, you know, it seemed like this was the, the band's last shot to make it versus this is our first big shot. So it was interesting how good. Okay. I wish that they had saved the original footage, even though, I mean, it was damaged, but you could still view it. Yeah. But anyway, the... uh, so that movie, that I thought was a pretty good movie. It had eight days, which is for a movie with Dave is a luxurious shoot. So there's a lot of coverage. There's a lot of uh, interesting angles. We have some. Uh, crane shots. There's, it's just a lot of production value in that movie. Okay, but it's really hard to find. <laughs> you know, where you would find it? Uh, no clue at the moment. <laughs> but uh, I, I believe I believe the title was uh, "The Ghastly Love of Johnny X," which uh, he was also uh, in that little monster, which was a somewhat short black and white film or whatnot. Uh, I just. I just thought it was kind of funny that uh, that Reggie Bannister's name came up uh, since uh, it wasn't too long ago that I did, did that interview. So he's a really nice guy and, he, and he's a really good actor, very underrated. He he had to play the fast uh, talking manager, and I you know I said just go for it, just go all out, but he did. Uh, you know, it's a very different kind of role that he usually plays. So. Nice, and I see I see that you also worked uh, again with uh, Jed Brown here. Oh, Jed Run was the monster, the bad guy, yeah. He was, <laughs> he was great. I love working with Jed, yeah. He's a good, good guy. Okay. Uh, now, uh, did you have a particular favorite scene that uh, that you uh, might want to talk about from that movie? Sawblade? Yeah. Um, I, I think it's the uh, sequence um, where there's this girl near the... Um, and she's uh, a groupie. Okay. And so she... She starts in the bathroom, and then she hears some noise, and then she goes up some stairs, and she and, and she ends up walking into this room and gets her head stuck in a ladder and her head cut off. <laughs> my favorite sequence is that each location we would shoot a different part of it. <laughs> and so, like, we shot stairs at one location, and we shot the, with the crane shot with her walking in this creepy dark uh, a hallway. And then we, in the final part, when we were at some theater, we shot her kill scene, and it was like we didn't. It wasn't like so. A, it was like a guillotine with a ladder. We didn't have yeah. We didn't have game models to make a head that looks like hers. So we had a guy, you know, make put a wig, black wig on a head. So we made made do with what we could. Well, so, at least you had a two on a guillotine moment. Yeah. <laughs> So, uh, uh, moving on to, uh, to DeWitt and Maria. Yes. Uh, why don't you tell me a little bit about that production? Well, um, I uh, knew this guy who was, he retired from engineering, and he was always an aspiring playwright, and he had done a play with Maria some 10 or 15 years prior to that, and um, he said, uh, in New York, I think they had a limited release of it. And he said, 
I would like to make a movie out of this play. Okay. And showed me the script, and I said, well, you'd have to change a lot to make it a movie. And, um, but, so I gave him notes with, you know, you could do this and that, this and that. So, um, he did, he converted to a screenplay. I'd say he did about 75 or 80% of what I suggested, but, um, one of the things I said is keep the scenes short, not any scenes more than three or three and a half pages. But he had one seven and a half page scene, which was not great. But <laughs> anyway, uh, which we ended up cutting in post, so uh, down to three and a half minutes. So. Okay. But, uh, the, uh, and then that was a sack he wanted to do at Union. So we had, again, about 12,000 submissions for uh, the parts. And uh, he wanted certain people to, uh, he had an acting troupe that he worked with, so some of the roles were, smaller roles were filled by them. Well, it sounds like because he wanted to do it, Union meant that he had some kind of a budget, too, so. He had a budget, yeah. It was, it was, it was like three times the day budget, I would say. In fact, um, I had lunch with him recently, and he said, uh, because uh, Bo Derek, you know who that is from Ten. Yeah. Yeah, she had submitted for, to read, and I said, "Well, you should contact her, see what you they want for her to be in it, you know, because obviously the name would help you." Uh huh. And she wanted eighteen thousand, and I said, "Well, you could try to negotiate that down. Maybe we could shoot her less days, whatever." But he didn't want to negotiate, and uh, so we we hired a good actress. But, with the wisdom of the name, I've been easier to sell it with Bo Derek. So at lunch the other day, he said, You should have really forced me to get Bo Derek in this. <laughs> I don't force people to spend 18000 or whatever you can spend. I can't tell people. Well, you, you can't force someone to haggle. Because uh, right. at the time he probably didn't want to, you know, go through the bullshit right. of okay, let, uh, okay, let's right. talk price, you know. Right, right. So, but, uh, but, uh, um, so, where did you happen to film this film? Well, um, it was all kind of around Hermosa Beach. He had a house. We filmed in his house. We filmed. Uh, he he was really good at getting locations for cheap. He um, that's at least good. That, yeah, he worked out a deal where he shot at this uh, restaurant in Hermosa Beach, and uh, we used the upstairs for the uh, all the um, restaurant scenes, and then the downstairs for the wedding scene. And he went to some uh, the, one of the characters worked at a electronics store, so he went to some electronics store. Can we shoot here? And I think he just gave him next to nothing to shoot at these locations for great. Okay, and uh, now, uh, now you, you said that it had a small video release or, or something like it, that. It, you know, I, it's, it's on Amazon Prime in uh, certain territories. I don't know if it's, you, you could check it with some of your... Okay. It's a pretty, it's a nice little movie. Old people love that movie. We, we uh, had a, we did, played in a theater, a local theater, uh, a couple nights or something. Okay. The people who saw it were mostly old people, and they loved that movie. They just thought it was great. So. Okay. Uh, yeah. Moving on to Alice in Murderland. Yeah, that one next to Dead Girls has my biggest cult following. 
So how did you get involved with that project? That was a day project. He called me and said, do you want to make a movie uh, about Alice in Wonderland who, you know, they're killing and I, like a tribute to Alice in Wonderland or something. Okay. So um, I wrote it. I wrote the screenplay. And, uh, well, you you got to give Dave credit for coming up with these crazy ideas. <laughs> oh, for sure. You know, he comes up with some great ideas, without a doubt, yes. Yeah. So um, you you wrote the script or you uh, co-wrote the script? No, I wrote the script. Okay. Yeah. And uh, based on that, Alice, uh, if you can see of that period of time, there's a, I wrote see the movies that I wrote that have very similar themes, like a group of people are stuck in a, uh, a house or a warehouse or whatever, They're mostly women, and uh, wearing crazy outfits. <laughs> there's someone who's killing them off one by one, so it's kind of a recurring theme, so that's uh, the theme for Alice Bergland also. Okay, so um, ult ultimately, where did you happen to film this particular film? Well, uh, uh, so at the time, Dave was running this place, the warehouse at, um, in downtown Los Angeles, and it had a big space upstairs, and then downstairs it had this sewing machine factory. Yeah. So I wrote the script very specific to all that location. And then outside there was this big uh, junkyard, and someone said, wow, you found the perfect location for the script. One of the actors said that. I kind of laugh. I said, Man, I wish, but it's, I wrote the script to this location, so, <laughs> which is the way to do it. I mean, uh, ideally, you know what your locations are. If you're making one of these films, you have to shoot, say, in six days. Allison Murderland was a six-day shoot, so, you know, you know your location, and then that way, you write the script. Okay. Do you have a particular scene that uh, that uh, that you uh, uh, is your favorite from this particular film? Um, I think it's this. I would say uh, maybe the scene where it's revealed one of the characters is a bad guy. Okay. It's, those are hard to pull off sometimes. Okay. But I think the actress did a great job. You know, I think Ron Ron Bon. I mean, Ron um, Kukaska did the effects on that movie. His, you know, everything had to sort of click for that to work, and it did. So. Okay, and uh, how how do you think the film? Uh, uh, well, uh, I I know it's got a cult following, but uh, how do you I'd think the film? It, it, it got pretty good uh, response. I mean, there's always the people who are going to write, "Oh, this is the worst 35 minutes of my life. I need back." You know that those guys are always going to be making those comments. But I mean, I get it. Uh, maybe two or three times a year, I'll get a Facebook message or something from someone who says. Hey, uh, are you the guy who did Alice in Murderland? <laughs> Ask me some question about it, or I guess there's the once one of the characters gets stuck in a window or something, and uh, somebody like that scene, I guess. <laughs> Alrighty, uh, and uh, after that production, you went on and did A Night of the Dead. Uh, why don't you tell me about that production? Well. Um, Basically called me and said, "Do you want to do a, a 
essentially a zombie movie. Okay. Because I had done a zombie movie. And uh, that was also filmed at Randall Malone's house. Okay. And and Randall Malone plays a mad scientist in it. And uh, I I think that movie's a hoot. To me, it's one of my funniest movies. It's uh, it's pretty entertaining. And uh, I see you uh, worked with Ron Jeremy again. Ron Jeremy's in it, and uh, you know, uh, Ron Jeremy has a really good part in that. He's a really good, because he plays the strip club owner. So, <laughs> <laughs> so he did a great job, and uh, I want to say he can show up on time, but um. So it's a very fun movie. I think that one is okay. Uh, and uh, then, and then again, you worked with Anya Benton again. Anya, Anya Benton's in it, yeah, and uh, she, she's great in it. And uh, Judd's in it. He does a good job. He put he's the assistant for uh, Randall's assistant, like he's his henchman. Okay, so kind of like an Igor kind of a character. Yeah, so he gets right. He gets to do some funny stuff. So. <laughs> okay. Very cool. Now, zombies. I shot one day all the zombie stuff, 16-hour day. <laughs> and they smelled so bad. Like they, I say, all right, can you eat these people? Now you're going to eat these people. <laughs> and uh, Jane was in that one, too. She was one of the zombies. And, um, now, did so you do the effects on this one? No, or? no, no. Um, the effects uh, was, um, they were done by, uh, what, gosh, thank um uh, I can't think of his name right now, but uh, he passed away a few years back. Corey Weber? Corey, yeah, Corey did it. A great job, fantastic job in that movie. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and uh, how long was the shoot? Six days. Okay. Uh, d- uh, do you think that you accomplished what you needed to? <laughs> yeah, I would say that for that film, six days was enough. And, and the, I mean, that one day was long because there's a lot of effects. But the other, you know, normally I don't like to shoot more than, uh, you know, 10 to 12 hours at the most. So okay. The other days were normal, but that one day, because there was so much uh, effects involved, it took 16 hours. But uh, that's atypical. <laughs> Moving on to uh, Lizzie Borden's Revenge. Uh, now uh, that was yeah, a sequel, that, correct? Or was that, uh, or no, was that, that the first one? No, uh, that is my personal favorite of the movies I've done for the Okay. I, I would say that you know Alice Merlin has the biggest cult following, but and uh, but of the movies I've made for Dave, Lizzie Borden's Revenge is my personal favorite. Uh, I got to write it. I wrote it, shot it. Uh, I think I edited it. But anyway, it just had a lot of stuff that interests me personally. I put in it, and I thought I really researched Lizzie Borden. I was was interested in that, and so I I made a few uh, theories based on uh, what the evidence is out there as to why she would kill. Okay, so uh, so you actually did a lot of research beforehand yes. uh, to uh, to invest in into this uh, particular so, film. Yeah, and, the, and it starts in the past where Lizzie Borden kills her parents. And okay. then uh, it, it flashes back and forth. And in the 
present day, it has uh, Veronica Ricci plays Leslie Gordon, a descendant who gets possessed by Leslie Gordon. So. Okay. And uh, now uh, this has nothing to do. Uh, 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 does this have anything to do with the curse of Lizzie Borden? Which I think the one with, uh, the, is that the one with Danielle DeLuca. I think so. Yeah, no, there's no relation to it. Okay, Although just I, just curious. I've worked with Danielle a lot, but not on the Lizzie Borden. Not, not on Lizzie Borden. Okay, uh, j uh, just making uh, uh, making that distinction so that pe uh, people realize that. This movie is not a sequel. I just wrote 100% on my own, not connected to any other Lizzie Borden story. Okay. I, this is my own uh, interpretation of what happened. Okay. Very cool. Now, um, how did you go about and mm, find your cast for this particular By the way, you can watch that entire movie on YouTube. I actually ended up uh, picking up a copy of it. Okay. Uh, uh, believe well, it or not, a it's a bootleg. There are a lot of repeats uh, and cast. Uh, Marlene uh, McCohen is a friend of mine and a really good actress I've used in a lot of my movies. So I asked her if she'd be in it. And Veronica Ricci, um, I met while I was shooting uh, Bloody Mary. She was Bloody Mary. Okay. And I worked on Snake Club. And so I said, hey, you want to be in this? And I, I, each movie she would get a little better. And so she's been in a lot of movies I've of my movies and I enjoy working with her. She's she's really good at you know, you would expect an actor to say something, deliver a line this way. She delivers it that way. You know, it's like wow, off the charts different, not what you expect in a good way most of the time. So Okay. Um and uh where did you uh, where did you film this? Uh mostly uh in two houses we rented. One was in uh, this is again a bunch of uh, sorority girls trapped in a house with a killer. Okay. And, and um, so one of the houses was, uh, I just, they were just in up the LA area. Okay. And, uh, and Brick, I mean, uh, Brick Stevens is in that. Also, he plays Lizzie Borden's mom. Which ah. Worked with uh, Brink on that. Very cool. Um, now, ultimately, how long was the shoot? Six days. Okay. So uh, ultimately, most of your films that you uh, directed with uh, Dave has always been around six days, correct? Yes. Um, that is actually very correct. Uh, <laughs> six days, and the um, saw blade was eight days. Okay. And I feel like one, one of the movies was seven days. I can't remember which one. <laughs> but normally it's six. Uh, Yes. Now, uh, now, uh, um, why do you personally enjoy this uh, uh, film? And was there a specific scene that you liked entirely from it? Well, um, it's so wacky, uh, and um, like I have, uh, I think that the actors just bought into the wackiness of it. Okay. And that made me happy and uh my theory for i don't want to say it in case I'm not, i'd rather have people watch it totally but, understand um my take on what why lizzie Borden would have killed her parents uh what i thought was pretty fresh but 
you could, it would make sense. It'd be one of the reasons why. Totally understand. Uh, moving on uh, now. Now, how was the film's reception um, to uh, to the public? You know, uh, I don't really get a sense. Uh, on this, you know, other than notes, comments on uh, if it's on Amazon Prime or something. Okay. Feedback. So I'm not sure, but I know that uh, we had a screening and people went crazy during the screening. It was probably the most well-received screening I've had. People just were having a really good time watching it. So it seems like a crowd movie to me. It ideally, you know, would play at some little theater that people who are fans of cult movies would go to, but uh, I don't really see that happening. But Okay. Um, after uh, Lizzie Borden's Revenge, you went on to do a film called Fat Planet. <laughs> Why don't you tell me a little bit about that project? Sean, Sean is in that. You know, uh, Cool Duder? What is, is that what you yeah, uh, yeah, Cool Duder. He's in that. You know, he kind of steals that movie. He, he used to be real heavy. Are you familiar with his story? Yeah, I'm. I'm very familiar with his sto story. He used to be really heavy, yeah. and then uh, then he went through a dramatic uh, change in right. in, in weight over over time. Yeah. Time, so it's kind of a yeah, success he story. Really, he was about 400 pounds or so when he did, and he was very very funny in that movie. And um, and then he. Uh, now he's thin, and he's still, you know, he's still talented, obviously. But that movie, um, Dave contacted me and said, would you direct this movie? I think a couple people had already turned it down. And he sent me this 17-page outline, which was not a script. It was just somebody preaching about uh, how people should not be fat, should be in shape or something. And so I said, well... <laughs> Uh, I don't think I don't know what to do with this. And, uh, so this guy was going to give him a decent amount of money so to make it, and uh, so he kept uh, offering me more to work on it. <laughs> so I mean, he obviously everyone has a price, right? So, yep. Uh, so he um, he paid me more on that movie than any movie he's ever paid me on. So, <laughs> the, uh, so I had to change the script so it was actual script, but had it was important to get that preaching stuff about healthy stuff in the script. So, and then um, I he wanted to Dave wanted to get persona, and I kept saying, "Well, there's a part for it, but you need to decide because we're shooting next week or something." And then he never did. So at, we shot it with someone else playing the part that Priscilla could have played. And then afterwards, Dave said, oh, I need to get Priscilla on this. So we're going to have to shoot some extra stuff. And so then, there, then there's some kind of, I made her a talk show host, and it's, it's very convoluted. So if you watch the movie, it's so bizarre. that I've had <laughs> friends say, this movie's really entertaining because it's so off the charts weird. And I make a lot of weird movies, but that's got to be the weirdest by far that I've ever made. Okay. Now, where uh, where did you film this, per se? Uh, well, uh, you know, most of it is that um, that house in Sunland that we rent. Okay. That we used to rent. Okay. And uh, 
working with Priscilla, uh, Priscilla Barnes again. <laughs> How? Uh, uh, so sweet. You know, uh, I'll tell you one thing about Priscilla. She makes you work when you drive. Like, she will call you and talk to you for three hours, and she wants to know everything about you. You better be prepared when you're working with Priscilla Barnes. <laughs> and, uh, you have to tell her every last bit of detail about her character. <laughs> and then come to an agreement with her on her take. So I would say, yeah, there were very, very, very long conversations on the phone about her character before we start shooting. So. Okay. Uh, and how uh, uh, was working with everyone else, Marlene uh, McCollan? Well, Marlene's my friend. She's been in, I, maybe I've worked with her more than anyone, I would suppose. She's probably been in, I don't know, 10 movies of mine. Okay. And, and um, she, this was a different role for her. And Pete, the guy who plays the, the conditioned guy, the trainer, whatever, he, he's a lot of fun to work with. So, and Sean, as I tell you, Sean still, still is the movie, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> Sounds like it. Um, uh, now, uh, how... Uh, uh, do you know? Uh, do you know whether the f uh, film had a uh, release? Uh, yeah, it's. it's uh, it, I, I know there's a DVD that got out there quite a bit. Okay. And, uh, I believe you can watch it on Amazon Prime also. Okay. Cool. Right now it's available on Amazon Prime, but so if you, if anybody's listening to this and they want to see possibly the weirdest movie they've ever seen, check <laughs> out that planet. Awesome. Get any weirder than that. <laughs> uh, moving on to a, produ a production that you directed called Vampire Club. Now, uh, was this your first time going into a 3D project? Well, no. I shot um, uh, Bloody Mary, which was, but Bloody Mary, I shot the 2D version. Tom Newth, who I work with quite a bit, shot side by side with me. Okay. Version. So, um, so we were, you know, co-DPs on that. But on this one, um, it was only shot in 3D, and I shot it. I mean, uh, Vampire Club. Yeah, I was the DP on this one. Okay. And and the director. Well, th this one had, uh, I think, two people. I believe Tom was the original director, and he couldn't do it for some reason. Okay. And then Mar Marlene McCullen was going to direct it and she had already cast it and then uh she called me and said it had quite a bit of nudity involved in it in it so she called me and said i'm not really comfortable directing this and i said well you know you already cast that like i don't i don't know i'm not sure i've done a lot of vampire films that you know someone called and said hey you want to do a killer cloud movie i might go yes which i did recently but uh you know so she I, I, but I had done, you know, 20, 10 uh, vampire films. But anyway, so she goes, well, I'll be in it, you know, blah, blah, blah. And so she appealed, she played the front card. Okay. I had to do it. I had to do it. <laughs> <laughs> so I directed it. But um, now, she's in it. Okay. In it. And uh, how was putting together uh, the project? Was it fairly easy? Um. Yeah, you know, she had it mostly cast. I mean, I used her pretty much who she cast. Uh, I put Veronica in it, uh, and um, I think other than that, you know, it was it was a fun movie. I kind of remember thinking, 
it's not amazing, but it's pretty good. It's a pretty nice little script, and uh, it has a few poignant moments as far as those things go, and uh, it has some action. And, uh, okay. It's kind of a nice little film. Now, where did you happen to film this particular Well, film? you know, Marlene has had this place she had rented for shooting. Okay, and how many how many features has she directed? Um, you know, I'm going to guess six, seven, eight, maybe by now. Okay. She directed, I shot a film that she directed. Uh, okay. She the worst recently, a couple of years ago. So, she's so she's good at her, and I really enjoy working with her as an actress. It's great. Okay. So, uh, ultimately, uh, how was... Um. Uh, wh what kind of camera did you use for? Uh, for... Well, um, there was a guy named Carl Carlson. Carl, he, he was really into three D. And Dave and I and Tom and Carl all kind of worked on this three um, D Pete show. Okay. And we did. I think when I say two summers and full of episodes, there were so many episodes of this thing, and. Um, and the, the cameras that Carl bought, I mean, I don't, I don't remember its model number, but it shot on 3D, and you could edit, uh, it, you know, look side by side when you edited it, and um, but then it, you could make a 2D or a 3D version of it. Okay. Um, then uh, moving on to a production uh, called Nazi Dawn. <laughs> 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 How well, did you get involved not, with that, that project? Has, that's the most uh, controversial film I've worked on, I would say. Some people love it, some people hate it. <laughs> uh, I, this, is a, this is why I just emphasize this point of when you get a script, it's better to write a script knowing what locations you can use. Because that original script had, like, you know, exterior night gas station interior gas station it had all these locations that i knew on these budgets we would never get to use right <laughs> so I, I said dave i have to rewrite the script and um, also it was it was so serious and uh you know it, it just didn't seem like something that uh would work okay and, uh, it had a lot of some uh, in my opinion the script had a lot of issues and it'd be hard for me to shoot it so um, Veronica was writing at the time, so I asked her if she would uh, put her take on this. And then uh, she made it kind of an extreme, odd, funny, kind of had a lot of comedy in it. And um, okay, we amped up her role in it, and and, and also um, so it became sort of a, a kooky, uh, which you would kind of expect a film called Nazi God, right? You wouldn't expect it. Dramatic. Well, and at this point in time, didn't the Grindhouse movies come out or or whatnot around that time? Or uh, I think you're right. I mean, it is, it does play like a Grindhouse Grindhouse movie, and uh, yes, and those are they they're more fun and not all serious. Um, so uh, yeah, where, it's kind of like a Grindhouse movie. Where did you happen to uh, film a Nazi Dawn? Well, um, most of it was at some house valley <laughs> and, you know i had more than one actor afterwards asked if they could get their name off it and i think they're just i'm assuming 
it's because it says Nazi in the title. Ah. Okay. Um, and uh, why... Now, did you want to say why you think it's the most controversial film? Um, well, because... Uh, it's it's either terrible or it's, <laughs> or it's I think people's view on it and also the title the word Nazi is a real trigger for a lot of people which I mean I I guess I'm more open minded and if you know it's Nazi isn't I know that Nazis are bad but I think you can make a movie about Nazis whether you know it's it's not saying that Nazis are good or anything right? it's <laughs> The horror film where a Nazi, uh, you know, comes back to kill people. So um, I think for me, it's not controversial that it's a Nazi killer, but for some people, it, apparently, it is. But um, if anything, I think it makes fun of Nazis. But <laughs> uh, and uh, now. Bearing that in mind, did it have any kind of physical release anywhere? Or? It, yeah, I think so. Uh, I think it's... Uh, and there are DVDs of it, so it, there were DVDs sold. I think you used to be able to buy the DVD on Amazon Prime, or Amazon. <laughs> I, I mean, it was available for purchase on Amazon. I don't, I don't know. Uh, so there's a DVD that exists. Okay. Ultimately, I I always keep, when I have a hired gun, <laughs> you know, I make the movie, and then unless it's some like caregiver gone way back, but I'd say in the last ten or fifteen years, when I work on a movie, you know, I just go on to the next one, and, <laughs> and you don't think about uh, how, uh, how it did or how it didn't, whether it flopped, whether it whether it did anything. No, I don't, unless I hear. For example, Amazon. Uh, Unless somebody uh, actually comes out and seeks you out and, uh, and is like, hey, I really loved your film. Yes. So that happens on Dead Girls. I still get feedback from Dead Girls. Uh, and it's usually on Facebook. Someone writes and goes, oh, did, are you the director of Dead Girls or, or Alison Murdo? And those are the two that people still hit me up about those two movies. Okay. Uh, moving on to a TV movie that you directed called. Uh, uh, Baker and Dunn. Baker and Dunn, that's it. You know, um, <laughs> that would have been the highest budget project I've ever worked on by a lot. I think they raised quite a bit of money for it. They had the, they had the studio, uh, this office down in Hollywood. We shot some stuff. They rented this big, uh, music hall. And, uh, and at one time it had some big names attached to it, but, um, I think they spent, they kept spending the money that they were raising. So <clears throat> it never took off or got picked up or anything. So Okay. Um, so it was basically one episode of it. Now, where did you uh, technically uh, shoot that particular project? You know, uh, someone contacted me and heard about that I had directed uh, some films and uh, – I don't know how they, had, it was the guy, the guy in the office there. And, um, he had me come in and interview with him, with his co-producer. And, um, they 
seemed to like me, so they chose me to to direct it. So. Okay. Uh, and you haven't seen anything from it uh, happen or anything like that, eh? No, I did not get picked up. I mean, they pitched it. Uh, I think Hulu at one time was interested in it, but if I heard right, then um, uh, they had a the person who was interested in it either got fired or moved on to somewhere else. <laughs> and so it was just one of those things that had my career has had many near hits, you know. Oh yeah, uh, there's so always this was those. One of them. Like, I almost, almost got to direct a series, <laughs> but it didn't work out, so. Well, sorry to hear that. So, yeah. um, uh, moving on to Things 4, uh, which you return to the Things uh, ser series. How That's was right. How was returning to the series? Did you go back to it with a fresh look? Well, yes, in, uh, in a way, um. Yeah, Dave said you want to do things four, so I did one and two, but not three. Okay. And then four, uh, I wanted to get, I thought, this time I really want to get three different directors. That was important to me, and I really wanted one of, one, at least one to be female director. So Veronica directed one of, wrote and directed one of the episodes, and she has Sean in her episode, and, um, <laughs> The, um, I did one, I did the wraparound because I thought, well, if I'm going to ask other people to do it, it's harder to get someone to do the wraparound. So I said, I'm going to write direct the wraparound. So I went through about eight or ten different people to direct, write direct the third episode. At one time, Jason Stevens was going to do it, and uh, I tried Robert Ryan, and I tried Marlene, and I hit up all these people, and they just ultimately all crapped out on me so I, I wrote the episode in one day and shot it in one day so okay the third episode so. awesome and uh, how uh, how long was the shoot well uh, that episode was one day okay and then the wraparound that I did was three days and then uh, Veronica's her, her story ended up being about 40 minutes or so and um, so she shot parts of four days. So I guess you could say that was an eight-day shoot, but uh, <laughs> a couple of her days were just partial days, though. Okay. And so we, we got this studio, this drone studio, for about four or five hours for free. Okay. And so we shot at that studio, but, I mean, it was only a, a partial day. And then uh, we shot in some woods, but for just part of the day, so. Okay. And, uh... How did you feel that uh, uh, that uh, after you uh, you got everything together? How did you feel uh, about the project? I think Things Four is a is a very fun movie. Again, it's super campy, and um, you know it's it's uh, it's kind of more out there than the first two. Well, are. and it's been it had been quite some years since you'd returned to. The, yeah. the series uh, so how did you feel about being approached uh, to do it again oh I was fine with it I mean uh, I was okay with it because uh, the one thing I added was that, uh, <laughs> that somebody from space came and did the made them created the monsters okay the spaceship. so I got to 
direct something that had, you know, spaceships and aliens and stuff. So. Okay. So after that production, uh, you uh, now you've been a cinematographer for, uh, for quite a few uh, uh, films too that uh, I didn't yes. mention: uh, Decay, Vampire, Time Travelers, yeah. Vampire Nights. <laughs> Uh, why don't you uh, tell me a little about some of those experiences before I ask you about uh, your 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 newer, newest or newer projects? Yeah, I have two new films. The one's just out, one's coming out, and I directed. But as a DP, um, yeah, I got uh, I got involved as I mentioned because I needed a a way. If I'm directing, I don't. You know, it's like when the kid who's mad takes his ball home yeah basketball anymore well i just wanted to have my own ball so if some kid takes the ball i've got another one so that's kind of how i look at uh why i got into being a director of photography in the first place is i want to be able to not have to rely on somebody if someone leaves uh or does a bad job or whatever or can't get find the right person i'll shoot it myself and so i shot movies like um Decay and uh, Vampire Night, uh, and that Jason Stevens is the director, and he's the guy who he took a lighting class from. We're good friends now, and uh, you know, so he thought, oh, I have equipment and lighting, and I can shoot fast. So I think my skill is, if you're doing a movie in six days, I can get it all shot, right? But if you're, a lot of people can't. A lot of DPs. They just, they say they can, but they cannot do it. They have to keep tweaking the lights and I'll go, well, I know that I can, if I spend another 30 minutes, I can make this light better, but I don't have it. It's acceptable. I'll move on. I'm willing to compromise, which I know is, is not a great thing. No. So would I, would I hire myself to do a 20 day shoot as a DP? No, like I wouldn't because uh, my skill set is the six day shoot. The four to eight days, you know. Mm -hmm. So um, I got good at doing that. Okay. And, and there's a need for that, so I got hired to shoot a lot of movies. Now you, uh, now you talked about K Vampire Time Travelers and Vampire Night. The um, how was working with those two? Oh, uh, fine. That you know, it's just different styles when you work with directors as a DP. Uh, and sometimes people at first are worried because they think, "Oh, this guy's also a director. He's going to be a big personality on the set and start making too many suggestions." But I'm all about focused on getting it moving on. And it's when I direct, I want to, I want the control, and I want to direct. But when I DP. I don't want that responsibility. I have enough responsibility, you know, lighting and getting the shot to look as good as I can. In fact, if I feel like if I'm shooting for someone else, it'll actually look a little bit better because I have less other tasks I have to worry about when I shoot my own. Like things for, if I was directing and shooting, I know that if I just shot it, it would look a little better because I wouldn't have to be definitely talking to the actors uh, so it's kind of nice and the, and the last couple of films I did directed 
someone else shot him, which is nice. I guess more time to work with actors. Definitely. So uh, ultimately, you did some work on uh, the Amazing Bulk. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I talk about a cult. Movie, like, I've had random people go, "Have you heard this Amazing Bulk?" And I'm going, "Not only did I hear of it, but I shot the entire movie." You know the the, the here's the challenge as a DP. I said, Dave said, "Do you want to shoot this movie?" And I said, "Well, uh, if it's the entire movie's on green screen." You need a high ceiling, otherwise, if you have to light it, because um, otherwise... So you were the cameraman behind the whole thing? The entire movie, I shot it, yeah. Okay. I was the director of photography. <laughs> Lewis uh, directed it. And, um, but then we shot it in the whole movie in Randall's little studio, which has about a six and a half, seven... I can, I'm six foot five, and I almost... I can almost hit my head on the ceiling. So <laughs> we did not have a high ceiling. So, uh, you know, um, it's hard. Unless you have a close-up, you can get the shadows off. But um, if you have a wide shot, there are going to be shadows. And, you know, so that was an issue in terms of doing the green screen work. I didn't do any of the green. All I did was shoot it. But, um, and, you know, it's not a very creative. It's just lighting to get shadows off. Oh, green screen. Definitely. Uh, yeah. So after, uh, uh, now, how, how long was the shoot? It was six days. Okay. And, uh, uh, I would say that, uh, I mean, there were some weird, uh, unusual choices made. Like, I wasn't sure why the characters were running in place and stuff. <laughs> I, I, I mean, uh, in front of a green screen. But, um, you know, I didn't make any of those. To, uh, all I did was shoot it. So. Gotcha. Uh, moving on to 3D Bikini Beach Babes, issue number... <laughs> what are these bikini movies that you well, that, might have worked on? Before. That was the 3D uh, the summer. Uh, Dave directed most of those, I think. The, uh, I just shot a lot of them. Okay. And that, that was, you know, Girls on the Beach. And uh, they would interview the models, and then they would do some kind of frolicky. Stuff. Okay. Music would play that. Like, okay. So uh, kind of like uh, softcore. Uh, yeah. I think some of them had nudity, some of the episodes, but some didn't. Softcore girls gone she wild on the beach or something like that. <laughs> we went to a paintball place a few times also. Okay. Um, and uh, how, was, how was that experience? Oh, it's fun. I mean, you know, like a day on the beach, or the, I actually like the paint mall even more because it was just fun. It's just fun. All those models were really nice to work with, and uh, it was a pretty easy gig, I must say. Okay. Um. Uh, and uh, Vampire Boys Two, in there with Interstellar Wars. Yeah, Vampire Boys Two is the first time I used uh, one of those SLR cameras. Okay. So I was kind of learning on the on the job with those, but those are kind of nice cameras. I think they they brought a new dimension to the, these low budget movies because then they started to have a real solid look. So I think the Empire Voice Two is the first time I thought, oh, now I can make these movies look more like a movie than these video things we're doing. 
Okay, so uh, you you have two movies that you're uh, uh, you're potentially working on. Uh, one of them, The Haunting of La Llorona. Yeah, that's on Amazon Prime now. Back for the first two weeks, it was the number one new release on Amazon Prime. Nice. Yeah, and it's actually gotten good comments. I mean, I don't know if it's just people who worked on the movie watching it, but the feedback on you know when you leave notes on the Amazon. Well, and that'll co uh, come just in play uh, play with the uh, the uh, the new La Llorona that is coming out with. Uh, that's that is why I think it was the number one movie. I think people <laughs> are watching and thinking that they're watching the other movie. Oh yeah. So, um, but uh, how did you get involved with uh, that particular film? Well, I, I think. Um, a new executive producer was working with Dave for the first time and he knew of me, but I think I was their third choice to direct it. But the other, whatever happened, I have no idea. Okay. But the other two guys somehow dropped out at some point. Huh. And so I did it then. Okay. And, uh, I had a DP and, uh, shot with a nice camera it was the pocket budget but uh, black magic camera okay and uh who did you uh uh pool for your cast this time around well uh we just held auditions you know now it's uh, not it's not uh backstage west anymore but i think there are three uh eight, um casting notices that are online and uh, I'll tell you that this was the first time I didn't cast my own movie. I mean, I was there and, and chose the cast, but uh, someone else did the casting. Yeah. So Gustav Minder, who's, who works with Dave now, he he's really good at he'll get actors in for each part, you know. So he he set up the auditions, and I just showed up and uh, watched. Now, uh, does Gustav ever uh, talk to you about what 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 uh, you know you have in mind for the roles, or? Um, I send him a breakdown, and, the, and I would say uh, the movie we did after that, I I was more uh, specific about. It. I would send, don't call these people in, or don't call these people in, or you know, I would give him more specific notes. Cause I think the first time uh, we maybe saw too many actors for smaller parts so i was looking for more less balance you know more if, if this is the lead we should see ton of actors for this part and the smaller parts let's see this. but and did you, know, you and uh, did you enjoy uh any part of uh this uh, pr uh, uh production of la llorona yeah i mean i think it came out really well and the, uh, i know we had to make it pretty fast the turnaround time was uh, quick and it was a really good script. I mean, I was, it's better than the usual scripts I can send. <laughs> I know that this guy, Gino, wrote it. I had never worked with him before, but he's done some stuff. He's like a legit writer. And this was the real deal. I was like, this is great. I mean, this guy knows about locations. There's no gas stations burning. Or, <laughs> you know, it's like, yes, it's like a lot of houses this is something I can shoot. And, uh, you know, the characters had some meat to them. And Yeah, I realize he did. Uh, 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 I, I see he's uh, uh, done some other stu uh, stuff. So, 
Yeah. And, and um, I mean, that's not to say that I haven't gotten a good script from Dave before, but this one sort of stood out as ready to shoot. I gave him a few notes and he did them. There were a few couple scenes that I uh, just wanted to play a little differently. Okay. And, uh, and uh, the uh, 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 the other production that you're working on, uh, uh, would that be uh, uh, the... Camp Blood 8 Revelations. Oh, okay. So, uh, you uh, just recently did that one. Okay. Yes. Uh, what, is it your first time uh, directing one of the Camp Blood yes, films? Yes, it's my first Killer Clown so I'm excited. To okay. Believe it or That's not, I believe Dave is putting me as a, a, one of the co-producers on that project. Yes, I wrote your. That's why I recognized your name. <laughs> yeah, he uh, he offered me a, a deal for two uh, two movies and uh, offered me kind of a, de a deal for anything uh, thing that he particular produces afterwards, which I won't get into here. But I uh, I figured. Uh, I know that there are some projects that he may work on in the future that I may actually be part of in the future. All so, right. um, but uh, um, so how was uh, now? Are you finished uh, uh, directing uh, um, Camp Letty? Well, I, so I wrote that script and I directed it. Tom shot it and uh, I edited it, but um, I was actually going to turn in the cut to Dave last Thursday, but he was, he was running out of time. He's going out of town or something, which was good. Cause there, uh, I, you know, there's always tweaks you can make. And so, um, I'm going to, after I hang up with you, I'm going to go back on my computer and <laughs> fix a few more things. I have about 40 notes for myself, but you know, some of them are really minor, just like raise the volume on this line or something. Okay, so you're you're pretty much post production on it. I'm, uh, I'm uh, yes, I'm tweaking. I mean, someone could watch this version of it, but I feel like I can tweak it a little bit more and uh, get it. Okay, but, and now where uh, where did you particularly film uh, locations of this? Well, um, this one uh, was a short shoot. Actually, it was uh, five days. We shot uh, four days. Uh, no, we shot three days at a, a ranch that they rented that has woods. So, and I knew that we were going to shoot there, so I had to write some lines because they're supposed to be lost in the woods, but you can hear traffic constantly there. Okay. So, so I have uh, several lines where they explain that they're in a gully, and even though it's 10 miles to any kind of traffic, you can hear it. You know, so I had to write lines like that. that kind of explain why they're lost in the woods, but you can still hear your cars driving by. Okay. So, um, um, now, um, who plays the lead actor in, uh, uh, in the film, or are you allowed to say? Um, yeah. Uh, well, we had auditions, and then Ray Lou is the lead. I would say they're, they're kind of five, well, they're really about six or seven it's more of an ensemble thing i would say but but uh the character of ashley i would call the classic lead and that's ray h r h e i ray lou okay she's a, um, Asian. okay she's the lead. and then uh but 
my friend Sally Mullins is also in it. Okay. And, uh, the uh, there's uh, Rowan Denny is in it. And these are new. I haven't worked with these actresses. Before. And how was how was working with them? Great. They were they were uh, lovely to work with. Okay. And you know Sean uh, Sean's in, he has a pretty big part. Sean, dude, cool dude. I heard. I'm look. I'm looking forward to see uh, see uh, seeing the uh, uh, new Camp Blood Eight. I I, I was actually kind of surprised uh, that he labeled it as Camp Blood Eight, eight since I knew that there was that ghost of before this and uh, so on and so forth. Uh, so I think it was kind of a different hearing that uh, that okay we're uh, 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 since Ghost of came out you know. <laughs> But uh, well, I'm not exactly sure because I think it was just an inter like a movie uh, that was part of the franchise, but kind of like an interlude into the world of of where Camp Blood was set, you know. So, well, I know that uh, there was a long debate on set at one time, which is sort of comedic. I wish someone had recorded that. But <laughs> it was eight or nine, so. Well, that's why uh, that's why I, I, I've kind of been trying to track down all the uh, the camp led di uh, directors. Just recently, I was on with uh, uh, Sykes about his original three, and uh, yeah, uh, so that Did was Brad direct the first three. Yeah, Brad Sykes uh, directed the first three. Although, uh, although technically within the woods isn't uh, a three in David's mind, but. Uh, <laughs> uh, but that's, that's history. <laughs> so, um, but, uh, in any case, um, yeah, uh, he directed the original three and then, uh, um, so it'll be interesting to see how the Camp Blood, uh, fans will, 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 will take your take on it. So, uh, I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to it. Oh, good. Well, uh, I'm anxious to be in and I saw the first one was good. I've seen uh, parts of the other ones, but um, it's been a long time since I saw the first one. I did not, I chose not to watch a bunch and try to mimic anything. I just wanted to give it more of a fresh approach. But, you know, this genre has certain elements that I'm sure are going to be in, found in all of them, including mine. So, um, you know, it's, okay. it's kids in the woods being. Uh, but I, uh, I have a house in the woods where the clown's mother lives, and that's where Sally really shines as the crazy mom. So <laughs> I don't know if any of them have had a crazy mom, but uh, she pulls out all the stuff. Well, so. maybe you took a Friday the 13th kind of a vibe. <laughs> yeah, I, I did. I thought the Friday, you know, the, it's nice to have a crazy mom. <laughs> Definitely. So, um, now, uh, uh, you you can say this, uh, you can answer this, or you you don't have to. But I, he I heard your name dropped with a were uh, with a possible werewolf film. Are you in talks with one about? Well, no. Um, occasionally, someone will say, uh, not that I know of, but someone okay. will say. Uh, because I was I was talking with Dave, Dave the last time and he mentioned your na name with a werewolf title that uh, that he had coming up and I wasn't sure if it was you or or if it was someone else or, or something. Well, it's, it's I mean uh, he'll, he hasn't made any official offer, but 
often somebody will say, oh, would you, like, for example, someone uh, a month or so ago said, would you um, direct a beach, a Girls on the Beach movie? Okay. I said, yeah, of course. And, you know, so that that's, that there's no formal offer. I think someone might have said at one point. Okay. I movie, but I did things too, technically was my version of a werewolf movie. <laughs> okay. Uh, did you see things too? Yeah, uh, I did. Um, in fact, yep, I certainly did. Uh, did. In fact, uh, um, the most that I know you uh, you uh, you from is the Things fran uh, franchise. So, oh, okay. um, uh, and then I uh, see. I, I'm a collector, so uh, so I I, en I ended up collecting a few more of your films than I probably remember I have. So, <laughs> but uh, uh, yeah, um, I I actually personally like your th uh, uh, your segments uh, your your segue into the uh, this franchise so um uh, and i hope to see more so um but um what is your production company as of uh, today and where uh, where can we find is there a, a facebook page I don't for your really production have a, i just do work as myself so okay so I, uh, you know if i'm hired uh, okay so you're you're with whatever production that you're hired for. Yes. Okay. Hired gun. And I, you know, I work on a lot of uh, uh, videos that aren't on IMDb, but some aren't movies, you know, they're uh, industrials or whatever. Um, okay. So I work in production a lot. It's just, uh, at, in terms of indie movies, you, you can see most of it on at this, at this point in time, uh, I figured I'd let you. Uh, if there was anything that you, uh, we didn't talk about or anything like that that you uh, that you we didn't mention that you'd like to express, um, you're more than welcome to talk about. Um, if there, <laughs> no, I think you pretty much went through my whole career. I'm I, I'm very thorough when I do uh, do these things, and I, I I'm hoping that uh, th these audios will, will be a, like a memento to to uh, some of the uh, uh, some of the uh, the uh, the great SOV directors of uh, of the past. So yeah, I listened to the one uh, <laughs> this morning with Kevin. I I used to look him up when I went back to Michigan. He's from Michigan, also. Okay. But I haven't talked to him in years. But uh, and there are a couple other on uh, others on there. That, um, well, and, and I've got like I swear to God, I've still got a ton of of interviews that I still have yet to edit onto the things. It's just lately I've been whenever I record these things, I I, I right uh, now that I know how to edit them, I get them out like right away. But uh, but now I got to go back to my older ones and. Oh, edit them and all that jazz. So I appreciate your time, sir. Sure. And uh, thank you for letting me get to know you. Yeah, it was great talking to you. So um, it, 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 on that note, I think uh, we'll close the show. So um, uh, say, uh, now, is there any um, anything that you would tell uh, an inspiring filmmaker to uh, or give advice to? Um, well, I guess I kind of touched over that. Is you just never know which your next avenue into the business would be. I mean, it can come from any angle, but uh, it's, I mean, one way to do it, the way I did it was to get as many friends together as you could and 
put a little money in and make a project, whether it's a short that shows off what you can do, or ideally a feature. I mean, you can make these for less than you can imagine, uh, as Dave Sterling shows often, you know, very, very low budgets. So, um, you know, you have to call in a lot of favors, maybe the first time. And, uh, but just try to get it made. That's what we decided ultimately back in the late 80s. Okay. Is, hey, let's just do this ourselves. Okay. Well, thank you for the advice. Thank you for your patience, and uh, I appreciate you uh, uh, coming on and uh, and uh, uh, on the show. And uh, um, uh, uh, th uh, those of you f uh, folks who don't know who de uh, uh, de uh, Dennis, uh, Dennis is, che uh, uh, check out his uh, his Camp Blood, which will probably be coming out uh, eventually in the fall. Correct? Uh, yeah, Dave says November release. So, uh, um, those of you who don't, uh, don't know that, and check out his newest f uh, film, like he has, has, has said, The Haunting of La, La Llorona. So, uh, yes. uh, um, stay tuned for more uh, cool interviews th uh, this week, and uh, um, have a good afternoon, folks. All right, take care. Yep. Uh,